Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am out of Ronan Solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Rodas. I'm at Aaron88. And check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. I have the MLB weekend recap. Obviously, busy weekend for people. And sometimes you can't get around to all the news. It's all summed up here in one spot for your leisure. So we got the waiver wire report from Sean Childs. Dynasty football rankings from Scott Atkins. Uh, my two-start pitcher article. Again, the first game today is not till 7 p.m. Eastern, so there's still time to kind of look at that and see, okay, maybe you want to stream someone. Maybe there's still someone available on your waiver wire, depending on the depth of your league, and maybe you have the ability to do first-come, first-serve. So you can go through that and check it out. Of course, scoutdfs.com, as we got a couple articles already up on the looking at the slate for tonight in MLB. Only a nine-game slate, but still money to be made. And, of course, there's still DFS for NBA, NHL, and the playoffs. So we got PGA, MMA, as well as VegasWhispers.com. So tons of ways to make money. And if you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums at ScoutFantasySports.com. So you can check that out now. We'll get to some of the fab pickups from the weekend, kind of take a look and give you an idea of what people were spending in the high-stakes leagues and you know, some of these players might be available for you guys to pick up. So we'll go through that in just a little bit. We'll get you some lineups for the night games as well as they come in. And we'll also uh, take a look at some of the top things that stood out from the weekend. And a lot of injury concerns that we'll be uh, paying attention to today. Mentioned about Anthony Rendon. And, you know, he has not been playing. Now, the Nationals did call up an infielder today, Adrian Sanchez from AA, but they sent Eric Fetty down in the process. So maybe that means that Rendon will not go on the injured list, but he's missed six of the last seven games after getting hit on the elbow. So that's something to pay attention to. People who have Christian Yelich going to have to make a tough decision this week in weekly leagues because he left yesterday's game with lower back tightness against the Mets. And Yelich has had this issue over the last couple of years at times. And uh, I remember last year he definitely went on the injury list, I think, early in the year. So we don't know how, how serious it is. And, you know, it was kind of chilly this weekend in New York, you know, right around 50 degrees. It was kind of windy out there, so that could be a factor. The weather's starting to heat up as we get into May. But it doesn't sound like he's going to play tonight. Don't have a Brewers lineup yet. Uh, they play 7.40 p.m. Eastern time tonight. They're hosting the Rockies. So my guess is Yelich sits and, you know, I'm leaning towards playing him in weekly leagues. I have him in a daily league, so I don't have to worry about that. But I do have him in a weekly league. And we cannot even make changes on Friday. It's not NFBC style. It's just uh, you have to make your decision on Monday. So I'm leaning towards playing him unless we get any further news here in the next few hours, which I'm sure we will get an update as the press goes into the clubhouse. 
and talks to the players, and I'm sure they're going to ask for a further update on Yelich. So hopefully we should have one. But right now I'm leaning towards playing him. And this guy's been on fire, and it's just really tough uh, to sit a guy. Even if he only plays three, four games this week, it could be better from someone that gives you six or seven. So, you know, this is a decision that I really can't make right now. I'm going to wait till right up until game time. And, again, the Brewers play 7-40, but you might have uh, some other players that you're deciding between that play at seven. But as of right now, I'm leaving him in my lineup, but that is definitely subject to change. And it's, uh, you know, up to your individual circumstance to kind of to make that decision. You know, you might be in a shallow league and maybe you have better options, but I just find it really difficult to uh, to sit him right now. So uh, I would uh, keep him in my lineup as of right now. But if you have any specific questions, you can always ask him. ScoutFantasySports.com on the message boards and forums, and uh, especially if you have a specific scenario, then it's easier to kind of give you an answer at that point. But that's definitely one of the guys we're watching. Another guy, too, is J.D. Martinez. Uh, He set out Saturday and Sunday with back spasms, and he had this issue in the spring, and he's had it before, and that's been one of the concerns for some people that didn't want to take J.D. Martinez that early. They were worried about the injury history for him. There is no questioning what he does on the field when he is healthy, but you know he has had injury issues throughout his career, so we'll wait to see if J.D. Martinez is in the lineup. Now, when you're in these NFBC formats where you can make the change on a Friday, it's a little bit easier. You know, if you look at the schedule and, you know, there's a lot of teams now that have five games this week. And if you look at my pitching, uh, my two-star pitching article, it has the game breakdown for each team this week. And when teams are playing five games, oftentimes they're off Monday and Thursday, and it leaves two games in that first period. And, you know, those are players that you want to try and sit if possible. Now, you're not going to sit the elite guys, and obviously you don't have a ton of Bench depth, you know, a lot of people have three, four, five guys on their bench who are injured. So it uh, doesn't give you the flexibility to do that. But uh, we'll see if J.D. Martinez is in the lineup tonight. That's another guy that you have to make a decision on. Uh, if he's out of the lineup and you have the ability to change the lineup on Friday, maybe you sit him. But, again, it's just really difficult, those superstar players, to sit because, you know, they can produce in two games better than what someone can do in four. So, Definitely a tricky situation that we have to pay attention to with those guys as the lineup comes out. So, you know, Mondays are always tough. You have a lot of decisions to make right before lineup lock. We did see the debut of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on Friday. Everyone was watching him closely this weekend and wasn't spectacular for him. I mean, he's three for 12, a double, a walk, and three strikeouts. But the Blue Jays did get a jolt as they swept. He got his first major league hit on Friday, a double down the right field line. Uh, they pinch ran for him, and then they won the game. He did get robbed. It wasn't going to be a home run, but it was going to be extra bases in left field by Chad Pinder. But certainly uh, everyone is excited to see Guerrero at the major league level. His minor league numbers were great. He had a slash line of 331, 413, 531 with 44 homers, 209 RBIs, 150 walks and, uh, 150 walks and 139 strikeouts at the minor league level. So uh, certainly we know uh, he can do big things. Uh, we touched upon it a little bit, but Max Kepler has been on fire for the Twins. He homered yesterday for the third straight game. His line this year is 274, 345, 71, 15 runs, 7 homers, and 16 RBIs. And he's primarily been hitting out of the leadoff spot. But Kepler was, you know, if you're a subscriber to Scout Fantasy Sports to come, you better have Kepler on your roster because this is a guy that I wrote about in the preseason pro picks. 
I had him pretty high up in the rankings. I got him in quite a few teams. I have him in the NFBC auction. I missed out on him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and Tout Wars. I don't know how, but, you know, when you're doing these snake drafts, you can't get everyone you want. Obviously, in the auction, you can, and I was able to get him. I got him in my home league. So I have him in quite a few leagues because I just really liked him going into the year. And I wrote about it in the preseason where you look at his surface stats. 224 last year, the lowest batting average he's had in his three years. He had 20 home runs, which was a career high, but it wasn't a big jump from the year before where he had 19. Uh, the RBIs actually went down. He went from 69 to 58. So you look at it, you go, okay, where was the improvement? Now, the Twins obviously saw it because they gave him the contract extension. But what you saw was the strikeout rate went down from 20.1% to 15.7%. The walk rate went up from 8.3% to 11.6%. And he hit better against left-handed pitching. And he's a lefty. So there was a lot of hidden gains here that if you just looked at the surface stats, you wouldn't have seen. He also increased his fly ball percentage from 39.5% to 46.2%. So that's a big jump, driving the ball more. His hard hit rate went up. So there was a lot of things that said, okay, he made gains. But you didn't see it in the actual numbers. And once again this year, it's sticking. You know, the fly ball rate is now 47.1%. Hard hit rate is up once again. Although, I mean, it kind of is across baseball because we all think that the baseball is juice. But, you know, Kepler uh, has been a good player. And uh, you're, you're seeing it now. You're seeing the power being produced. And uh, I, I love the Twins lineup. That was another big factor is, you know, I, w I, I don't mind him hitting leadoff. It'll give him more at-bats. Obviously, I wish he was a little further down to maybe increase the RBIs. But if the lineup – can be productive, and we've seen it with George Springer. You can still do well. So I thought Kepler was one of the be uh, better values this year. We talked about Carter Keboom, and he was the hot pickup over the weekend, and we'll go over some of the prices that he went for. He went 3 for 12. He homered on Friday, and he homered on Sunday. So that's what sucks. If your guy gets called up and he does produce right away before anyone has the ability to go to the waiver wire, uh, they're going to be spent on. He went for 235 in my mixed league tout wars, which is a 15-team league with OBP. I was the runner-up at 143. Uh, I think I had about 786 left. So I understand why people were aggressive. We don't know, again, how long he's going to be up. But as we've seen, if a player produces, they probably stick. And I just don't see them having an allegiance toward Brian Dozier. You know, in the National League East, you got to win games. I mean, this is a real tight division. We see the Phillies, Mets, Nationals, and Braves just beating up on each other. And it's a close division. You cannot afford to give away games at this point. And I think teams are going to start to see it. Uh, the other big injury for the weekend, and that's for the Nationals, well, not big, but Ryan Zimmerman placed on the injured list with plantar fasciitis. And, look, if you drafted Zimmerman, you know he's going to get hurt. I actually drafted him in only one league. It was really late. It was like probably, I don't know, around 19, 20. And I said, you know what? He's healthy to begin the year. I love the Nationals lineup. He's going to be hitting fourth or fifth in a position to drive in runs. When he has been healthy the last few years, he can still be productive. So I drafted him. Uh, now the plantar fasciitis, I actually cut him. Uh, I was going to wait around for him at this point. Uh, I think I picked up Michael Chavis uh, for pretty, not really, like 54 bucks. So I, you know, I didn't really need him, but I'll take him. And uh, he's third base eligible right now. He's been playing second. He'll get some second base eligibility. Another guy that uh, will have that multiple position flexibility, which is very important in a 15-team league. So I uh, got him, and 
Yeah, I'm not going to wait around for Zimmer. You know, uh, in the past, I'd be patient, but uh, worried about the health. And he played 85 games last year. And look, he had 51 RBIs in 85 games, back to 264. But, you know, he's getting older now. And uh, he, he's he's missed games quite a bit through his career, uh, in his career. So I'm not going to wait around for him. So who this does help, though, is Matt Adams. So I was able to pick up in one league. So Matt Adams is going to get a boost uh, and... I think they have seven games this week, too, which is huge. Now, we know he's going to sit against some left-handed pitching. So what you have to do in that case, if you're in a weekly league, is look at their opponents and go, okay, who are they going to face this weekend? And kind of figure out, you know, if it's five righties and two lefties, you're going to start them. If it's four and three, all right, now you have more of a decision to make. And, again, you can make that decision in the NFBC based on uh, – the splits with the Monday through Thursday. So if it's three righties, one lefty, Monday through Thursday, you're going to feel pretty good about using them. If it's 2-2, two, two, you might look for another option. So it really depends on uh, what you have uh, in your lineup. Cody Bellinger, man, just continues to mash. I mean, this guy won't cool off. He had his 14th homer of the season on Sunday, so he's now tied for the Major League League in home runs with Christian Yelich. And just another example of how you just can't let a sophomore year – struggles uh, throw you off a player. I mean, we knew Bellinger had a good skill set. Pitchers made some adjustments to him last year. But this was a guy that, you know, had 30 home run potential. And also the stolen bases. You know, people will not talk about that. And he also has the eligibility at first base and outfield, just 23 years old. So uh, I didn't pimp him hard, but I do have him in a couple leagues. Uh, You know, I liked him in the third round. He had 25 homers, 14 steals last year. And batted 260. So it was an awful year. It's just he didn't live up to the expectations for where he was drafted. Man, but he is just crushing this year. And he's cut his ha- strikeouts in half. Uh, 11.3% strikeout rate, which is insane in today's era with so many strikeouts. Walk rate is up to 13.7%. Look, he's not gonna, we know he's not going to hit for uh, 400 average. But he's got a 278 career average. And he did hit, uh, you know, he hit 267 his rookie year, but he's made some gains in the, his approach at the plate. So maybe this guy is a guy that can hit 280, 285 potentially based on what we've seen so far. And, uh, you know, he's hitting a ton of line drives. He's hitting the ball real hard. He's just on fire and already with five stolen bases. Uh, he's been caught three times, but throughout his career, he's been pretty efficient. 29 stolen bases caught 36 times. So he's been uh, tremendous this year. And, uh, Definitely helping a lot of fantasy teams uh, to the top of the standings right now. Rich Hill was back from the injury list on Sunday, and he didn't get hurt. He didn't get a blister. Not yet. We'll see how long he lasts. It wasn't a bad start for him. Uh, one earned run on five hits over six innings with six strikeouts, and he didn't walk about it. That is big. Now, he did allow five runs before well, unearned. So, good start for Rich Hill. We'll see how long he can stay healthy. Kenley Jansen picked up another save. He picked up a save Saturday and Sunday. So he now has 10 saves with a 307 ERA, 0.89 whip, 19 strikeouts, three walks, and 14 in two-thirds innings. So that's a good sign. He still went pretty much as a top-five closer in every draft, and I think it was because there just weren't many closers that had you confident in them. But maybe some people shied away from him. He had that heart issue last last year, but he had the surgery, and – you know, he's looked good so far. He has been allowing home runs, which became an issue last year. That's the one thing about Kenley Jansen in the past. And, you know, I love this quality from a closer is not allowing home runs because uh, it helps you keep your job. But he has been allowing more home runs. Now, again, that is kind of the error. He's allowed three and 14 and two thirds. Last year, he allowed 13 
in 71 and two-third innings, which was by far a career high for him. But uh, he has been productive in, in getting the saves, and that you want to see. He is allowing a lot of fly balls right now. That's part of the reason why you're seeing those home runs and more hard contact. But he's a guy with a pretty good job security at this point. Carlos Carrasco did return. Not return. He had an injury scare earlier in the week with his knee. He started last night, and he dominated the Astros for six innings, but lost it in the seventh inning, and he took the loss. But overall, you have to be encouraged. Six and two-thirds innings, six hits, two walks, four runs, and he struck out an eight. It was just unfortunate that he ran into trouble there on the seventh. But you don't care as long as he is healthy. And he's had a couple bad starts that have inflated his numbers. But as long as he's healthy, he's going to be productive. We'll continue to look at some of the top storylines from the weekend, what it means for your fantasy team, as well as take a look at some fab results. Maybe these guys are on the waiver wire. You can pick them up. Who are they? Find out next. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Look at the difference in the damn press conferences afterwards. Arizona, they introduced Kyler Murray, right, to fanfare. Dwayne Haskins, they have a, a press conference. That's what usually happens with your number one overall pick. You introduce them to the media, and it's a big fanfare. But for New York, you have Shermer and Gettleman there sitting there like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, literally on an apology tour. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis and check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. I have the weekend recap up, my two-star pitching article for the week. Remember, the first game is not tonight till 7 p.m. Eastern, so you can still use it now in case you're settling your lineups, trying to figure out who to stream. I know some of you have the ability to make ads right now. I play in most leagues where you can only do it through FAB, that's free agent acquisition budget, where you get an imaginary budget, usually a thousand bucks, and there are blind bids. And to me, that's the best way to do it. I don't play in any first come, first serve leagues, and those leagues would benefit me because I'm pretty much around the computer or phone quite often, uh, and I still hate that format. 
Uh, we'll get to some fab winning bids and lineups in a little bit, but continue to look at some of the things that stood out over the weekend. Reynaldo Lopez was ridiculous yesterday. It was against Detroit. Now, it's his second straight start against Detroit. So you got to take this into account. You got to look at who these pitchers face. Now, he does pitch for the White Sox, so he's going to get the Tigers, the Royals quite often, and the Indians, which the lineup is still not good, but it's improving. Lindor's back, and uh, Kipnis is back, and Jose Ramirez is heating up. Still not great, but it, so it's, it's a good division of pitching. The Twins lineup, to me, is the best one there. But yesterday against Detroit, Lopez, six scoreless innings. Uh, well, no earned runs. He allowed one run, two hits, three walks, and struck out 14. His previous start against Detroit, his last start, six innings, seven hits, three runs, two earned, no walks, eight strikeouts. So 22 strikeouts of his 39 against Detroit. His other games, the Royals, five, the Rays, five, Seattle, five, Royals, two. Royals are a team that don't, they don't strike out a lot as much as we like to pick on them. They don't strike out a lot. Uh, I am not buying Reynaldo Lopez. If you can get anything for him today, I would do it. And he will have good games. He's flashed. He's very inconsistent as a pitcher. We've seen it. To me, he's more of someone that you stream in the right matchups. Obviously, Detroit's a good one. He's 2-3. and three. Uh, He's got area 6.03. And even if you look at his FIP, it's still 5.27. So it's not all bad luck. He's allowed a ton of home runs this year. Seven home runs in 31 and a third innings. The walk rate is still too high. It's 11.8%. And he's got a 1.69 whip. Now, sure, batting average of balls will place 363. So that'll come down a little bit. But he's allowing more hard contact than he has in the past. He's allowing a ton of fly balls, 58% fly ball rate. Velocity is slightly down on his fastball from last year. So uh, I don't think you can get anyone to give you something good. But there are people, and you know who they are. If there's suckers in your league, you know, we tend to talk from, you know, we play a lot of hosts, not all of them, playing a lot of competitive leagues. You know, I'm in the NFBC, great fantasy baseball, invitational, tout wars, and even my home leagues are, are not that easy. Uh, I play in a, a league with some industry people, and even the people not in the industry are, are pretty good. So it, they're competitive leagues. No one's going to get Reno the Lopez uh, and sucker you to buy in. You'll be, you're just not going to get enough. But if you're in a league where there is that sucker that buys into the latest performance, you know, you should try and pedal Reynaldo Lopez now. But I know most of you are in savvy leagues, and you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, we do have some news here. Anthony Rendon not in the lineup tonight. So once again, he is sitting. This is the seventh time in the last eight games that Rendon is not playing as he was hitting the elbow. Uh, man, it's just not good. So it's a bad bruise. They're sitting on his left elbow. And there's still some discomfort. So Howie Kendrick is playing third base. So it could be interesting uh, DFS option tonight against Michael Waka, who was returning from the injured list. He had the left knee patellar tendonitis, and uh, he'll be back tonight. So uh, tough decision here with Rendon. I'm surprised uh, that they haven't placed him on the injured list and backdated it. I know he did play one game in there. But maybe they feel like he could be back tomorrow or Wednesday. Who knows at this point? But uh, going to be a tough decision there. And I think I do have him in a weekly league. So I got to take a look, see what my options are, and uh, kind of plan it out accordingly. So at least we do have some time there uh, up until 7 p.m. Eastern to kind of figure it out. Also, Robinson Cano was hit by a pitch yesterday. Uh, the x-rays were clean. He had an MRI today. It came back negative. Nothing is broken. 
He said he'll miss a couple of games and return later this week. So it's the second time in like the last week that this has happened. So hopefully uh, he is back in a couple of days. And, you know, that's uh, that's a scenario where you can uh, sit Cano here in the you know NFBC format. I think the Mets have three games to start the week. I think they're off Thursday. I know they're playing back tonight. So if that's the case, he might only play one of those games or he might play none. So that's a scenario where you can potentially sit him out. So if we get any other news, we'll let you know. Uh, definitely we'll go over some of the lineups coming up in a little bit. So we continue to kind of look at some of the top storylines from the weekend. Jack Flaherty has turned his season around. He got off to a bad start, but seven scoreless innings yesterday, four hits a walk. He struck out four in a win over the Reds. Zero is now 406, but 36 strikeouts, six walks, and 31 innings. That's what you like to see. Uh, closure situation. Got to start off with the Braves here. A.J. Minter uh, blew a really bad save on Saturday. I was actually surprised they brought him back on Sunday. I like when managers go right back to a closer or a player who's coming off a disappointing game. That tells me they're showing confidence. They're like, you know what? Forget about yesterday. Here you go. Do it again. Because I don't like when they take him out of that role and, you know, especially we see it in football, guy fumbles, they bench him. I just don't like that. Send him right back out there, you know, forget about it, move on. But I thought, you know, Minter had the shoulder issue that landed him on the injury list to begin the year, threw a lot of pitches Saturday. So I didn't think they'd bring him in to close on Sunday, and they did. And he allowed two base runners, got one out, they pulled him, and they brought in Luke Jackson. He came in with the one-run lead. It was 8-7. He got Nolan Arredato to fly out and a ground ball from David Dahl to end the game and get the save. Now, I don't know if they're going to turn away from Minter so quickly, but Minter just hasn't been great. And we know Arodis Vizcaino is out for the year. We're all looking for that next closer. And as I wrote and talked about last week, the goal is to get the guy cheap before he gets the job. Now, Jackson, and we'll go over the – he wasn't too expensive because, again, he we don't know if he's even going to close. But they did go to him in a key situation, and he got the job done. And managers tend to go back to a player if if that happens. So, Minter's strikeout rate, 25%. That's fine, but his walk rate's 13.6%. That is really difficult to keep your job if you're trying to close games and as I mentioned with the Braves, you know, every game is critical in that division. I mean, I could see the division winner winning 86, 87 games. Uh, they're just beating up on each other. Now, a couple of the teams could pull away. But right now, it's not looking like that. So Luke Jackson is a guy that I would consider picking up if I had uh, issues at closer. And I think we all do. <laughs> and I have leagues where I had a league where I had no saves until yesterday. I finally got my first save. It was Ryan Presley who got the save. He's not even the closer. He closed because Roberto Osuna was uh, unavailable uh, going two innings the night before. So uh, Luke Jackson, you know, doesn't really have a great track record. You know, he came up with Texas. He hasn't shown great control. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs, which is key. But he's certainly an option right now if they're not going to go out and sign a Craig Kimbrell. He also has a 10.5% walk rate. But, again, he's a guy that you could have gotten cheap. He gets a lot of ground balls so far this year, 75% and not 22.2% hard hit rate. So definitely someone that you can consider if you need some help at the closer position. The other one that we're looking at is 
the Angels, Cody Allen, was placed on the injured list with a back injury. He's been terrible this year. I've watched him. He just cannot find the strike zone. I'm not sure he gets the job back. I think he might not. I actually dropped him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Have some other injuries there, too, with Judge and Hicks and Lizardo. So I just said, you know what? Why am I going to wait for Cody Allen? He might never get the job back. And if he does, he might suck again. So I cut him. Now, Ty Butchery was the guy who was going for the most in Fab, where he was available. And he's been good. And he closed last year. He saved four games. But if they were so confident in him, why did they go out and sign Cody Allen? If you saw this guy last year and felt like he had the ability to do it, why would you go sign Cody Allen? When Cody Allen sucked last year in the second half. Like, everyone saw it. It just wasn't the same. And even over the last week, based on the usage, I lean in the direction of Hansel Robles, who has been good this year. He really has, and I know for the Mets, he was very erratic. There were times where he went out there, you're like, man, this guy's good. He's dominating, and then he would allow a home run, couldn't find the strike zone, and that's the nature of some relief pitchers at times, but he's been good this year. They brought him into a 2-2 game in the top of the ninth last week over the weekend where it was a they, they had Butchery come into the seventh inning with the bases loaded. He wound up going over two innings, took the loss in that game, and then we saw yesterday... It was a 4-1 game in the eighth inning. Butchery came in. He allowed a run. It was 4-2. So you're like, okay, Robles coming in for the save. Then the Angels scored three runs in the bottom of the eighth. So it was 7-2. Robles came in. He did allow a run. It was not a save situation. So the way we have seen the pattern so far, I think it's Robles. Now, Butchery was the one who got more higher bids. So I was able to get Robles in the Gotham Auction League where there's a lot of people in the industry in that league. It's $100 fab. I got Robles for nine. Now, that was the league where I told you I only have one save. I really I don't have a closer. I got Ryan Presley, Archie Bradley. No, I don't. Do I have Archie Bradley? Yeah, I do. Archie, or did I cut him? I think I might have cut him for Robles. But I, going into the season, Presley, Archie Bradley, I picked up Sean Kelly last week for cheap. Uh, we didn't see a save situation for Texas this past week. Kelly did come into a lopsided game. That's because... He hadn't pitched for like a week. Uh, LeClerc made an appearance in relief and was okay. I still think LeClerc gets a next save opportunity. But, you know, you when you don't have any saves, you got to take a shot for a buck, two bucks on these pitchers, hold them, and see if their role grows. Because you don't want to spend, you know, 20, 30% of your budget on a guy that, you know, gets one or two saves. And we're not even sure if he's closing. So that's the position. I did get Blake Parker in Tout Wars. For 68 bucks, like, I don't understand why Blake Parker was dropped, first of all. And I don't think Blake Parker is great, but, and the Twins never officially named him the closer, but every time they have a save situation, it's Blake Parker. So people were spending more on Pagan and Jackson over Blake Parker. Why? I think Blake Parker is the closer, or he's going to get at least a majority of the save chances. And I do still have some concerns with his skill set. But the Twins are going to him. So I was a little stunned by that because I think he has more of a path to a larger number of saves than some of those other guys right now. Uh, Chris Sale, once again, wasn't great. He wasn't awful, but this is not what you paid for with Chris Sale. He allowed four runs in seven innings against the Rays, four hits, three walks, struck out eight. So it was a little better. He's now 0-5 with a 6.30 ERA. But on the other side, this is another guy. If you are a subscriber to ScoutFantasySports.com and you follow my rankings, 
and read my articles, this guy better be on your team. And I know the price was high, and I don't have him in every league. But Tyler Glass now, you know, I wrote an article about him being a breakout pitcher this year and had him pretty high up in my rankings. Uh, and Glass now has been tremendous. I mean, in a year where pitchers are disappointing, and especially some of the ace pitchers that you paid up for, Tyler Glass now is absolutely crushing it right now. And he got another win yesterday, beating the Red Sox. He went six and two-thirds innings, allowed two runs. He is now 5-0 and on the season with a 1.75 ERA. And he has 38 strikeouts, seven walks, and 36 innings. And the most important number to me, out of anything that stands out with Tyler Glass now, I don't care about strikeouts, wins. I mean, I do. But the most important number that really stands out to me 5.1% walk rate. This is the key for Tyler Glass now. Can that stick? That was the biggest problem for him in Pittsburgh is the walk rate. We know he has a dynamic arm, throws 96-97. But as we've seen with tall pitchers, he's 6'8". They tend to take a while to really get their mechanics and find the right release point. But him going to the Rays, to me, gave me a lot of confidence. We've seen what they've done with pitchers and uh, you know, look, is he going to have an ERA below two all year? No. I mean, you would take a three-and-a-half ERA from him. And he is showing the skill set that he might be able to get you in the low threes with the way he's pitching. Now, it's only six starts, but you have got to love what you're seeing from Glasnow so far. And there's really nothing unlucky here except the strand rate, which is 90.6%. So that's usually in the 73% range is about average for a pitcher. So he's been getting fortunate there. But... The walks are key, man. 5.1%. That is huge. That was the one thing you really needed to see from him. He's getting ground balls. Not a lot, a lot of hard contact. There's a lot of positive things here for Glasnow. I know he primarily is a two-pitch pitcher. You'd like to see a third, but he's been effective with it so far. Uh, swing strike rate is about what it was last year. And the first pitch strike percentage is really you know the area where he's gained and it's cut down the walks. He's gone from 58.3% to 64.2%. And obviously the Rays are playing good baseball right now. So that's uh, really something that you want to see stick with class now. And, you know, you hope that this is the sign of things to come for him uh, because that's really where he got in trouble was the walks. And he had the last game against Boston where he walked three and five in the third innings, and you go, oh, no, but just one walk yesterday and six and two-thirds. So he's a one walker fewer in five of his six starts. I mean, that is absolutely huge. And Yeah, look, he's gone against Boston twice, and I know they're not the same offense. He's gone against Baltimore. They're not good. The White Sox, the Giants, and the Astros. And he even had a good start against the Astros. So, yeah, the schedule's been a little bit favorable. But even with Boston not hitting, they're still not uh, an easy lineup. And, yeah, they have really disappointed. But I don't care. Uh, you're not walking, guys. And that's the big key. So, Really good sign there for a guy like Tyler Glass. Now, uh, interesting name is Chris Bassett. He was really good again yesterday for the second straight start where he was pitched well. Seven innings, three hits, one run, no walks, and struck out nine. He is someone that I put in some bids for over the weekend. I think I did get him in one league. I think it was the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And I uh, haven't set my lineup yet. I have to look and see if I'll get him in there this week. But uh, it's been two impressive starts. And we know how difficult it is to find pitching on the waiver wire. But... Strikeout percentage, 34%. Walk rate, 8.5%. So uh, definitely a name in a 15-team league that I think you can add 
uh, if you're hurting for pitching. And, you know, we've, we've seen him in the major league levels before. And we, we've seen, you know, last year he had a 302 ERA uh, over 47 and two-thirds innings. And uh, he's looked better this year. Again, only two starts. But definitely someone that I think in deeper formats you can uh, look to add, getting a lot of swings and misses, 14.4% swing strike rate, but it is only two starts. You do have to keep that in mind. I mentioned Ryan Presley. This guy is valuable in deeper formats. He's got a guy that you can pretty much pretty much get in there uh, all the time. He's a very valuable setup man. Scoreless inning yesterday with two strikeouts. So he got his first save of the year with Osuna unavailable. He hasn't allowed a run in 12 and a third innings, 13 strikeouts, and no walks. Eduardo Escobar with a pair of home runs yesterday. He got off to a real start, slow start this year. He was actually dropped in a 12-team online championship league, and uh, someone picked him up. I did have a bid in, but my bid wasn't high enough. But he now has five home runs and 17 RBIs, and he has third base and shortstop eligibility in fantasy, so pretty valuable there. When we return, we'll go over some of the fab results from the weekend in my NFBC Auction League and lineups for tonight. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Game time decisions. You, you must be good at this, though, Cam. Honestly, that like when you're looking for value in the meat section, or you're buying, you know, you're looking at the weight. Like, can you measure in your head? All right, I'll pay this much per gram or per key. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you're going to figure that out. I am at the grocery store for 4.99 a pound or a kilogram, and all the things that I have in my head. Yeah, that's parking shopping with Cam. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Monday afternoon. Don't forget, you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. Uh, J.D. Martinez is testing his back right now. That's why no lineup has been posted for the Red Sox yet. So we'll see if J.D. Martinez is able to give it a go tonight after sitting out the last two days with back spasms. Swing for the fences, playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars. 
If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions of DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, auction bids from this week. And this is in a $1,400 auction championship NFBC league that a man partnered with my friend Brian Ambo says uh, uh, that team is struggling, got a lot of injuries, but giving you an idea of what players went for. So Carter Kiboom was the big pickup this weekend. He went for 325. The runner-up was 285. And again, for me, this comes down to what you need. In Tout Wars, I felt like I was desperate offensively, and maybe I should have been more aggressive. I went 143. He went for 235. Uh, the bidding, and this is where you have to know your league. The aggressiveness on the bids in Towers are a little is less than the NFBC. Like in the NFBC, I knew I wasn't going to get him. I think I had 544 left. Uh, been trying to get pitchers uh, with Clevenger, Hurt, Severino, and just. It's been a disaster. This is my worst league. I'm actually doing well in most leagues this year. This league, I'm just not. But as I've said, I will never give up. I will keep plugging away. I'll stream some two-star pitchers. I'll do whatever I have to do. And, you know, the key is just kind of weathering the storm until I get, you know, Austin Meadows back, Aaron Judge back, Mike Clevenger back. Just got Odor back, and he had a pretty good weekend. And Matt Olson is going to begin a rehab assignment tomorrow. He's another guy I have. So, you know, you slowly get these guys back, and – you can make the move. Now, other injuries will occur, unfortunately, but hopefully you get some, it, the luck evens out because obviously it's been really poor for me earlier in the year. So with Keeble, again, I don't know what the playing time is going to be when Trey Turner gets back, but if Brian Dozier struggles, they don't have to commit to him. He's got a one-year deal for $9 million. So if he sucks, they can just go, all right, we're playing Keeble in second. We're trying to win a division here and make the playoffs. So I think... The lesson early in the year that people should learn is sometimes you can't really worry about the playing time because if a player produces, they're going to stick in the lineup. And I'll give you a couple examples from earlier in the year. Daniel Vogelbach, we're like, okay, well, he's hot, but look how crowded the outfield is and the DH. And when Seager comes back, well, if you produce and hit, you'll stay in the lineup. That's what happened. I think Clint Frazier was another now. No one foresaw all the injuries the Yankees were going to have. But Frazier, people were like, well, what about when Stanton come back and Hicks is back? Where is he going to play? Well, obviously Stanton had a setback. We haven't had any news on Hicks lately. Now, Frazier did get hurt, but he was leading the team in RBIs at the time. So when there doesn't look like there's a path to playing time, uh, it can open up. Now, 325 probably more too aggressive for me. And it could work out. Because, again, if he plays the rest of the year, you get five months for 325. And if he produces, that's big. You just have to make the decision and look at your team, how much fab you have left to decide. Uh, so that was the only triple-digit bid in the league this weekend, as I think you know, some people are kind of low on fab at this point. People have been aggressive early on this season. So Luke Jackson, $88. Uh, runner up bid was 64 Look, if you desperately need a closer, I could see it. But again, Luke Johnson, Luke, Luke Jackson has not been named closer. He came in yesterday and got a save. 
I don't know if A.J. Minter is going to be ruled for the role. I don't know if A.J. Minter's hurt. There's still, you know, Craig Kimbrell if things get desperate. desperate. And the Braves got a lot of young arms. What if they call up a Tuki Santa Claus or uh, Luis Gauhara or someone like that? They could do that very easily. So uh, I didn't mind bidding on Jackson, but 88, too much for me. Ramel Tapia went for 82, runner-up 55. Tappy is interesting because he was hot. They were playing him. Ian Desmond did homer yesterday. So I wasn't very aggressive on him because, again, Desmond makes a lot of money, and they got Dahl and Blackman, so I don't know if they're going to play him enough. So that is one where I worry about playing time. We talk about John Means, the pitcher for the Orioles with a two-start week. He went for 81. The runner-up was 22. A lot of two-star pitchers that we've been streaming have not worked out. You know, Eric Swanson was one last week that backfired. So you have to be careful, and especially it's the Orioles, not a great team. So I did have a bid on him, but it wasn't that high. Emilio Pagan, he had three saves for the Rays last week, but we saw yesterday he he pitched the seventh. Alvarado, the eighth. Diego Castillo got this, the save in the ninth. So he went for 81. The runner was 61. I don't think he's the closer. He might get some saves. Maybe the Rays just play different matchups. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think he's the closer. Uh, again, Hansel Robles for 64. I was actually the runner-up at 33. And I could use a closer. Uh, and I, I did pick up Robles in the league. Uh, to me, I'll take Robles over Pagan and Jackson. I think the path to saves is better for him than the other guys at this point, based on what we know. Now, that news could easily change today. But uh, I'll take Robles for cheaper. David Bode. Uh, 59 bucks. I believe he has second base eligibility right now. He's not playing every day, but maybe he plays his way into playing time. Ty France, he's interesting. He is. He went for 45. I picked him up in Tout Wars. There was a report that Ian Kinsler might get cut or lose playing time. Now, the friend, Fernando Tatis injury will make things interesting because if he goes on the injured list, I could see them calling up Luis Urias, and then maybe he plays second. But I think France could get an opportunity to play, whether it's third or second. We did see... Myers go to third yesterday, uh, but I do think there could be an opportunity for France, even if Tatis is healthy. So that's something to take a look at. Jacob Junis went for $45. He has a two-star week this week. I'm not a huge fan of him, but the matchups are not that bad. So if you're desperate, I think you can uh, roll with him this week. Uh, I got Matt Adams for 44 The runner-up was 14 uh, Nationals have uh, seven games this week, I believe. Adams is going to get an opportunity. He's going to hit fourth or fifth in this lineup. It's a good spot to be in, and we know he has power, so definitely think he's a pretty good pickup. Gio Gonzalez went for 40. I don't love Gio. Uh, he was okay yesterday against the Mets, where he always pitches well at City Field. He only struck out two over five innings. He is on a good Brewers team and should get offensive run support, but I'm really not that interested in him. Uh, Chris Bassett went for 39. Uh, that, that was a good bid. Uh, he, he, as I mentioned before, looked good in his two starts, so he's worth taking a shot on, especially in a 15-team league. Justin Bohr went for 37. Runner-up was four. Zach Godley went for 35. Runner-up was one. Uh, Zach Godley might not make his next start. He's been terrible, so don't know there. Freddie Peralta, scheduled to come back and make two starts this week. He went for 35. I think I was the runner-up at 12. I had him in this league, drafted him in the reserve round. He's very erratic, but he's got a dynamic arm, and he can't dominate, but we just haven't seen any consistency. Howie Kendrick went for 31, no runner-up. Look, he's been good when he's in there, but 
but the playing time is going to be erratic. Reyes Maranta went for 31. I made a bold prediction before the year that he would lead the Giants in saves. Uh, Will Smith is the closer, and he's pitched well. He did give up three runs in a non-save situation yesterday. Maybe he's a guy that could get dealt. Uh, but Maranta's got a good arm, but uh, right now not a big path to save. Tyler Wade went for 26. Obviously, a lot of injury concerns for the Yankees. He's mainly a speed guy. John Hicks went for 25, but no runner-up. Eric Sogard has been playing, went for 21. Uh, Lucas Giolito for 12. He is slated to come off the injured list this week to start on Thursday against the Red Sox. And he was showing some promise before he went down with that injury. So someone to keep an eye on there. Let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. Cardinals against the Nationals in Washington. It'll be Michael Walker coming off the injured list against Patrick Corbin. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter leading off at third base. Paul Goldschmidt's at first base hitting second. Paul DeYoung's at short hitting third. Marcelo Zunas in left field hitting cleanup. Jose Martinez starting again in right field. He is hit. They had the injuries to Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. Both those guys are back. And Martinez continues to play every day because he's hitting. He's terrible in the field. He just can't get to a lot of fly balls. But the guy is hit. So it's always been about a path to playing time for him. He got that opportunity with the injuries he's produced, and he's staying in there. Yadier Molina's hitting sixth and catching. Jed Jorko at second base hitting seventh. Harrison Bader is in the lineup in center field hitting eighth. So Dexter Fowler sits today. He's actually been very productive over the last couple weeks. And Michael Walker is on the mound batting ninth. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton leading off in right field. Victor Robles in center field hitting second. He's got four homers and seven stolen bases on the season and has moved up in the lineup with some of the injuries. Juan Soto's in left field batting third. Howie Kendricks at third base hitting cleanup as Anthony Rendon out of the lineup once again. Matt Adams is starting at first base. Carter Keeble moved up in the lineup. He's hitting sixth, playing shortstop today. Brian Dozier at second base hitting seventh. Jan Gomes behind the plate hitting eighth. And Patrick Corbin on the mound, hitting ninth. The A's are in Boston to take on the Red Sox. Frankie Montas against Eduardo Rodriguez. For the A's, Marcus Simeon leading off at short. Matt Chapman's at third base, hitting second. Steven Piscotti in right field, hitting third. Chris Davis is the DH, hitting cleanup. Chad Pinders in left field, hitting fifth. Kendrys Morales at first base, hitting sixth. Ramon Laureano in center field, hitting seventh. Jerickson Profar at second base, hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley behind the plate. Hitting ninth. No Red Sox lineup yet. Again, we are waiting on the status of uh, J.D. Martinez. He is going through some tests right now. Uh, they're trying to see if his back is good enough to play. So uh, don't have the lineup yet there for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, J.D. Martinez is uh, the key. The Reds in New York to face the Mets. Tanner Roark against Zach Wheeler. For the Reds, Jose Peraza back in the leadoff spot at second base. They're really trying to get this lineup going in. This will be key because if Peraza can stick in the leadoff spot, that is absolutely a huge boost to his fantasy value because he's been hitting ninth, eighth most of the year. Not a spot you want to be in, but uh, he's starting to pick it up a little bit. And if he hits over the next few days, maybe he sticks in the leadoff spot long term. Joey Votto sitting second at first base. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Jesse Winker, who's been really hot. He's in left field hitting cleanup. Yasso Puig in right field hitting fifth. Scott Shebler in center field hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias is shortstop hitting seventh. Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, hitting eighth. Tanner Roark on the mount, hitting ninth. For the Mets, no Robinson Cano. He's going to miss a couple days, but the MRI came back clean uh, on his hand. Jeff McNeil leading off at second base. Pete Alonso at first base, hitting second. Brandon Nimmo 
in left field hitting third. Michael Conforto in right field hitting cleanup. Todd Frazier at third base hitting fifth. Wilson Ramos, the catcher, hitting sixth. Meta Rosario at short hitting seventh. Juan Lagares in center field hitting eighth. And Zach Wheeler on the mound hitting ninth. The Padres in Atlanta to take on the Braves. Nick Marjavicius against Mike Soroka for the Braves. For the Padres, leading off Greg Garcia at shortstop. Fran Mill Reyes in right field hitting second. Manny Machado's at third base hitting third. Eric Hosmer's at first base hitting cleanup. Hunter Renfro's in left field hitting fifth. Ian Kinsler at second base hitting sixth. Austin Hedges is the catcher hitting seventh. Manny Margot in center field hitting eighth. And Nick Marjavich is on the mound hitting ninth. For the Braves, Ozzy Albies leading off at second base. He had a pair of home runs yesterday. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Ronald Acuna in left field hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting sixth. Tyler Flowers is the catcher hitting seventh. Ender Inciarte in center field hitting eighth. And Mike Soroka on the mound hitting ninth. The Astros in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Justin Verlander against Jake Odorizzi. For the Twins, Max Kepler is homered in three straight games. He leads it off in right field. Jorge Polanco is at shortstop hitting second. Eddie Rosario is the DH hitting third. Uh, Nelson Cruz gets the night off. Mitch Garver is the catcher hitting cleanup. Marwin Gonzalez at first base hitting fifth. Jonathan Scope at second base hitting sixth. Jake Cave in left field hitting seventh. Adrianza at third base hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field hitting ninth for the Twins. The Orioles in Chicago to take on the White Sox. John Means against Manny Wales For the Orioles, Jonathan VR leads off at second base. Joey Ricard in center field hitting second. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting third. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting cleanup. Hanser Alberto in right field hitting fifth. Chris Davis at first base hitting sixth. Pedro Severino, the catcher, hitting seventh. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting eighth. Richie Martin, the shortstop, batting ninth. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leading off in left field. Tim Anderson's at shortstop, hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base, hitting third. James McCann, the catcher, hitting cleanup. Yuan Moncada's at third base, hitting fifth. Jose Rondon at second base, hitting sixth. Yonder Alonso, the DH, hitting seventh. Ryan Cordell in right field, hitting eighth. And Adam Ingle in center field. Hitting ninth, remember uh, Eloy Jimenez on the injured list with a high ankle sprain. The Rays in Kansas City, Ryan Stanek against Brad Keller. Stanek, the opener, Yanni Chirinos will follow him. Brandon Lau leading off at second base. Tommy Pham's in the left field hitting second. G-Man Choice at first base hitting third. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting fourth. Nate Lowe just called up. He is the DH hitting fifth. Cheap on DK today. He's not in the player pool for FanDuel. Avisail Garcia in right field hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting seventh. Daniel Robertson, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Michael Perez, the catcher, hitting ninth. Mike Zunino, the day off. For Kansas City, Whit Merrifield at second base, leading off. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop, hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field, hitting third. Hunter Dozier, the DH, hitting fourth. Ryan O'Hearn at first base, hitting fifth. Jorge Soler in right field, hitting sixth. Gutierrez, the third baseman, hitting seventh. Chris Owings, the Senate in center field, hitting ninth. And Martin Maldonado is the catcher, batting ninth. The Dodgers... Take on the Giants in San Francisco tonight, 9.45 p.m. Eastern. Kenta Maeda against Jeff Samarja. So, obviously, don't have the lineups for those two teams. And, again, still waiting on the Boston lineup as they're trying to figure out what to do with J.D. Martinez. Uh, Christian Yelich is a guy that we don't expect to be in the lineup tonight. Brewers are hosting the Rockies. Kyle Freeland against Zach Davies. As Yelich left yesterday's game with lower back tightness. They did say they didn't expect him to play today, but they don't uh, think it's serious and they expect him to be back uh, uh, and avoid the injured list. 
Trey Mancini, once again, is out of the lineup for the Orioles. He's been dealing with a finger injury. This is the third straight game he has missed with due to a contusion on his right index finger. So uh, we'll see how long he's out. Fernando Tatis, not in the lineup today. We expected that. Uh, he was trying to do a split while he was taking a throw at second base. Did not look very good. Uh, I would not be surprised if he landed on the 10-day IL list uh, either for uh, the Padres. So a lot of tough decisions to make with injuries this week with Anthony Rondon, J.D. Martinez, Cano, especially if you don't have the option of making those changes on Friday. Obviously, if you have the opportunity to make the changes on Friday, you can do that. Uh, Billy Hamilton also dealing with a hamstring injury, so he set out yesterday. He's also out today. That's why you're seeing Chris Owings in the lineup there. The A's played Mark Conha on the 10-day IL with a right wrist sprain, and uh, Irvin Santana is a free agent. He was designated for assignment by the White Sox, and he was terrible, so uh, no need to pick him up. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. If you have any questions, on your team, trades, waiver wire pickups, who to start for this week. You can ask them on the message boards and the forums at scoutfantasysports.com and head over for a football draft, playffwc.com. Be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern.